What's up, Upbeat listeners? Thank you guys very much for being here and for listening in. I appreciate it. And if you could, on the platform that you're listening to this on right now, please follow or subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, download the episodes, at least some of your favorite episodes, the follows, the downloads, the reviews. It really, really helps the podcast grow. So that is greatly appreciated. But anyway, let's get into this episode with Emily Curtis. Today, I'm really excited to share uh, with you guys that Emily Curtis is back on the podcast. She's joining me on the show again today. Uh, Our last time meeting with each other and recording an episode was like last March or April, I think, (laughs) which is absolutely crazy. Uh, So for those listening, if you want to go back and check out that episode, it's number 16, Deeds Over Data with Emily Curtis. It's a really fascinating episode too, where we learn a lot more about Emily, of course, but then also about putting deeds over data and how it's more important to just focus on who you are as a person and on the things that really matter uh, versus focusing so much on the analytics. And at that time, Emily, (laughs) you had recently delivered a powerful TEDx talk (laughs) and you were a few months away from graduating high school. So could you just kind of kick us off right now with what you've been up to since then and maybe your plans moving forward from now? Sure. Well, I got to say, I commend you for your memory about our last podcast because I was a little (laughs) foggy on what we talked about, but it was a good one. I really enjoyed that. Um, And it's good to be back. So Right now, I'm in Rexburg again. I just finished a semester up at BYU. And over the summer, I actually got to go to uh, nationals with my speech and debate team over in Dallas, Texas. And then um, my family went on an Alaskan cruise. So I got to see more cold, snowy stuff outside of Rexburg, which was fun. (laughs) And I also was able to do a humanitarian trip over to Cambodia. So it was my first time overseas and it was a good time. That's crazy. So you've been up to a lot of traveling then, experiencing new things. A little bit, yeah. New to college. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say that was probably the scariest experience out of any of those. Really? What was it about it that was kind of intimidating maybe? You know, I, I guess I would look back on my high school self and I think going into college, I was told that it was going to be super hard and that you're on your own and, you know, go figure that's all true. But, you know, it was very daunting at first and, you know, being entirely on your own for, you know, getting from place to place. I actually didn't have a car while I was in Provo. So I got very good at either finding buses or running home late at night, which is always an adrenaline rush too. (laughs) I learned that if I just took it more seriously than I did in high school. Like it didn't become as much of a stress. I was a terrible procrastinator. I can't say I'm perfect, but I try to fight that a bit in college because now I was paying for my school and it changed my (laughs) mentality a little bit, I guess. Ups, ups the game a little bit. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Definitely. Well, sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask what you've been (laughs) up to lately. Uh, podcasting, (laughs) just hanging out, you know, in Rexburg, working at the radio stations. That's awesome. That's pretty much, I mean, Rexburg, I'm holding down the fort a little bit. Uh, (laughs) not much has changed over here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I have to say too, coming into this, I was a little nervous for this episode because in all of last year (laughs) podcast, I mean, I interviewed probably like 45 people, you know, which is crazy. 
That's awesome. And none of them fire back questions like you do. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm always just really comfortable being the interviewer like, ah, no sweat for me. Like I don't have to focus on on my answers at all because I'm just going to ask her the questions, you know. Uh, not the case. <laughs> uh, you know what? Won't even deny it. you. Got to watch out. But. Yeah. Well, in the last episode too, caught me off guard a couple times. I'm like, shoot, <laughs> what's my answer to this? Uh, no. Well, oddly enough, uh, the episode this time is themed similarly to the last episode we did just in, in a way, you know, I mean, it's different, yeah. but, uh, deeds over data was heavily, about not getting discouraged by the analytics and just focusing more on your actions, right? Whereas this one, I would say, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. (laughs) I don't even even know where I'm going with this, but you and I are both passionate about it and that's the trend trap, you know? Yeah. It's literally the title of that video we were talking about on Facebook uh, a a few days ago. And by the way, to the listeners, this is pretty out of the blue. Like Emily and I haven't really like talked a ton since our last time doing, doing an episode. <laughs> and we just, you know, moving into 2020, I, I wanted to reach out to people who I trusted in my network about moving forward with the podcast. And I, I just wanted Emily's insight. And before we knew it, we were scheduling another episode and talking about getting trapped in trends. Uh, and so we're going to dive into that. So Emily, for those who are listening, what do we mean when we say the trend trap? So uh, this video that Parker Kane forwarded me on Facebook after we were talking about the podcast and stuff is all about how in our society, there's issues, global issues that get super big and super concerning. You know, one big example of this was the Amazon wildfires a while back. Yeah. And I remember being super concerned and like I I might have even lost sleep over it. Like I was very worried about it just because it seemed like it would ultimately affect the world. And then within maybe a couple weeks, like it had completely fizzled out of head news lines and such. And, you know, the video we watched kind of talked about, well, you know, where does it go? Why does that happen? And I think that's kind of what we're talking about today, just how we focus so much on something. But as life moves on, news kind of goes to the next big headliner that can get as many clicks as it can. Yeah. And not even just news, but people, you know, True, like they'll, yeah. they'll share things on, on their Instagram stories as if that's going to change the issue, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, it sounds Guilty. maybe kind of <laughs> it, like, it sounds maybe kind of harsh to put it that way, but like, I mean, gosh, this is a good, a good time for this episode too, with, with the things going on right now, you know, with, with the stuff with Iran, with Australia being on fire, you know, like there's big things going on right now. And I, I mean, I noticed last week or two, World War Three was literally the top trending hashtag on all the platforms for, and it's like holding that still as, as the, at the time of this recording, I don't know if it's going to be there when we post the, <laughs> when we post the episode, <laughs> but at the time of the recording, it's high up there on, on the hashtag trends. And it's like, I mean, posting about it isn't going to really change the issue, you know? So what are kind of your thoughts there? Yeah. So we talked about this subject last week and I had some time to kind of think about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I, for me, I kind of fell back on people want to help, you know, 
I, it's funny. I, so I had taken an anthropology class this semester Mm -hmm. and one of the things we covered in there was Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We talk about how your basic things are things like food, sleep, survival, and it kind of goes up to like self uh, gratification and things like that. Yeah. And, um, I feel like a lot of these big headliners are things that immediately kind of attack us on a physical level. Like perhaps not us personally, but you're hearing about people that are dying and are having to flee countries and don't have food and don't have shelter. And, you know, we empathetically want to do something, but as a people that's thousands of miles away, I think many come to the conclusion that, well, there's not much I can do. And, you know, a story on the news, I I feel like for many publishers, they try to get these huge articles that people are going to care about. But, you know, even on something as serious as that, I don't think it's natural for people to keep coming back to it after they feel like they know the basics. It's normal for humans to feel like, oh, I've heard about that. Mm -hmm. And they've kind of convinced themselves there's nothing they can do. And they get focused on their own problems and sort of move on with life. And I can definitely say I'm guilty of that. So Yeah. Well, and same here. And to be honest, like what can you do with some of those issues, right? Like it is terrible that Australia has these fires right now. Sure. But what honestly can I do, you know, other than I guess just share it and spread the message that that's happening, you know? But I think where the problem lies is that's going to be trending on Google. Google Analytics and Google Trends are going to show that that's trending now for maybe a day, three days, a week, three weeks. But then the spike completely drops and Australia is still on fire, but people aren't talking about it anymore. And to your point also, like with global issues, like there's really not much maybe we can do other than exposure and just share the message but I think a huge, a huge reason for this topic too is just to share like to not be the person that only does it for the trend, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, like be a change maker, be someone who really believes and who really wants to help. And even just with that mindset and with that intention, it's already better than just sharing it because everybody else shared it and because it's the trendy thing to do right now. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with that. I guess I want to come back to the the Amazon wildfires instance for a minute because, Mm -hmm. you know, that was one situation where, you know, I think as a community, as a globe, I talked to many friends who felt very similar to me in that this was a huge deal. This could affect our oxygen supply. This was taking away like jungle that had been there for forever and had some very rare and exotic wildlife that, you know, as a typical millennial that loves travel, I wanted to one day go see, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I kind of sat back and I'm like, well, how can I help? And I think many people have done this for a large variety of these huge heated issues that have come up in news and current events. And I'm like, well, there's organizations I can donate to, or I could book a flight to Brazil and go fight the wildfires myself. And, you know, having yeah. this thought from, from someone that was putting all their money towards some of these other things I was involved with over the summer. And, you know, I, I felt like, you know, where the biggest thing I can do is financial aid. That's not really something I'm capable of at this time. 
Yeah. And, you know, the I read something the other day, like the average millennial has a net worth of like $5,000 or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. You know, so I, I really don't think I'm the only one that has had the intention and the desire to go help, but has felt incapacitated by my own financial needs and by the problems in my life, the things that are closer to you are always going to take priority over something thousands of miles away. And yeah. that that's kind of a blunt way to put it. But I, I, I guess that that's kind of what I've seen in my own experience. Yeah. Well, and do you think at all it's a generational thing? Like this is something that, that just popped into my mind when you were saying that. It's like, do does the older generation care less or do they care more? Like, how do you think it play? Like, how do you think that all works out generationally? <laughs> no, that that's a good question. You know, I, I wouldn't want to discount like the older generation. I'm sure that there's valid concern there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like in this issue, I could see an additional concern coming from the younger generation because the people I went to high school with, a lot of them have this desire to see the world and to get out and do great things. That's traditional for someone getting out of high school and starting up their career and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And to be a young person with these sort of aspirations and to have one other area of the planet that maybe you just wanted to see, maybe, you know, I I guess I'm thinking from a millennial mindset, which is kind of travel oriented for at least myself. That's something that was tragic because I knew it would affect my long-term potential to explore and that sort of thing. And that sounds selfish, but I don't know, maybe it is, but I I think that's kind (laughs) of where I'm, I'm coming from with it. I think a lot of millennials are like, you know, this, this can affect our air now and our potential to see the world later. I don't know above age though, I would probably put proximity to it because if Rexburg, Idaho was on fire right now, I would be much more concerned and much more passionate and probably out there with some buckets versus when it's on the other side of the planet, you know, because suddenly it's affecting my Maslow's hierarchy of needs and my shelter and my uh, availability for survival needs and such. So, yeah, I love, I love that. I love that you bring that up Uh, because vice versa too, like Australia would be like, well, what am I going to do to help, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like it just, I mean, the, the situation overall just, sucks and where you are uh, and what you're in proximity to is what's is what's affected and how you're going to react. Yeah, I and love that. My heart goes out to those people, but I feel like that's just a very common held perception like what can I do besides mm-hmm. share articles and donate, you know? Yeah, and sometimes that's pretty much all you can do unless you're like, I guess, super loaded. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know what it's like to be, to be someone that can donate like a hundred million dollars to an organization, you know, yeah, like I'd, I'd be the guy in the drive through dropping like a dollar in the, in the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like there's not much I can do. Definitely. Um, Same here. Gosh, there was something else that I was thinking uh, along those lines to your point mentioned, like the the younger generation realizes they have to be here longer, you know? Yeah. And so we have to live with the situations that are happening. <laughs> Whereas the older generation, not that they don't care or anything, because they probably do. And honestly, they're probably more informed, you know? They're not going to 
have to deal with the ramifications of that for, for much longer, you know, but it's just, I don't know. And, and education, I just mentioned the word inform. So now my head's in that space, but okay, let's take this a really roundabout way. <laughs> Go for it. Do you have a TikTok? I do not actually. Okay. <laughs> because I have a TikTok. I just jumped. I'm, I'm kind of a social media, like, enthusiast I guess oh, like, yeah. like I love just being on the new things and I realize that new things start kind of weird and then they grow to be the thing oh yeah totally and so I'm jumping on TikTok just exploring it seeing what's going on there and definitely the younger generation is on that platform you know and so you could argue that maybe they're more informed like because of the trends and the hashtags like maybe because to be honest I am so out, of, and this is bad, I need to improve in this regard, but I am so out of the loop when it comes to political stuff and like knowing what the heck Trump is up to and knowing anything about his relations or the U.S. relations with other countries. Like, I don't know, like I'm just living my life, you know, and it's bad. I need to be more informed. But the fact of the matter is, if I didn't see that World War III was a trending hashtag on TikTok, I wouldn't have known about it. Yeah, I I totally relate to that. I I can say like on the contrary, I know my dad is one of the most like current event news informed people I know. Mm-hmm. But at least for me, I found out I'm you might be familiar with it, you might not. The only way I heard about the concentration camps that are being created over in China right now is through going through my Instagram feed and someone had made a TikTok where like she presented it like she was going to teach you about making your eyelashes bigger or something. And she's <laughs> casually saying all these things about the camps to like spread awareness. And yeah, no, I, I don't think you're the only one. I think that, you know, a lot of people through their entertainment sources, which is uh, the millennials and the Gen Z kids that are using things like TikTok and Instagram and Facebook the most, it's through those that they're getting their information. Yeah, definitely. And so you wonder for the older generation, are they less informed because they're not active on Instagram and TikTok? Or do you think they're more or just as informed, you know, just more of the old fashioned way of finding out by just hanging out in the living room and putting on the news, you know? (laughs) I feel like for the older generation, some of those other news sources like the news can become their entertainment. <laughs> the, the news. <laughs> it's like the main place. Okay. I, I probably could have put that a little more. No, no I mean, just the, no, I'm not you. I just mean like the fact that like now we live in a world where the news is no longer like, <laughs> like where you get it. it you yeah. Know? No, I, I mean, I think of like my grandparents where it's part of their routine. They enjoy flipping on the news and learning about things. And I think the older generation is capable of being aware, but it's definitely not as exciting as like TikTok and Instagram and Facebook for a lot of, at least from a millennial's perception, you know? Yeah. At the same time, they might think that about TikTok, Facebook and Instagram, like 
why do people even use that junk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, it's like what's educating me, you know? Yeah, exactly. But honestly, it's ruining me as well because <laughs> of the crazy amounts of junk on it. But Yeah, the hours I spent on Instagram, I will be the first to admit most of it isn't learning about concentration <laughs> camps and wildfires. So Yeah. I just think that's fascinating, though, because to be honest, coming into this um, or to this episode, I was thinking like the other end of the spectrum, I guess. Like I was coming into it thinking, oh, posting is, about it is bad because it's not actually going to change anything kind of a thing. Like it like, oh, people don't actually care. They just while it's trending, they post about it and then it's done. But at the same time, now I'm kind of for it. You know, which I wasn't planning on on thinking going through this episode. I was thinking definitely against it. But now I'm like totally for it because I'm just like, as I'm talking, as I'm rambling, as you're talking, as I'm listening, I'm just like, this is crazy. Actually, I mean, even though it's just a trending thing, you're at least getting the message out there. And like, we're pretty well connected people too. So it's like, maybe my post gets to a millionaire who's like, okay, $500,000, like here you go, you know? It's true. I feel like these last 20 minutes have made me a little more self-aware, honestly, (laughs) because sometimes I've had a mix of emotions seeing stuff on my story. Like many times it's made me aware of problems, but there's other times I'm like, oh, everyone's posting wanting that car from David Dobrik. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, no, I, I agree. Like taking a step back, realizing I'm not financially capable I guess the first thing and really the only thing we can do is help to spread awareness. And, you know, awareness is what's going to start any step towards further change and stuff. Agreed. So I I think we could, I guess, just come to that conclusion that um, it's kind of good and bad. Like it's good for the awareness and the exposure of topics that people need to know about. But it's also... It could be bad if you're the person that's just doing it for the trend and just doing it for the likes and the follows and the things about it that kind of doesn't matter, you know? And then if you're the kind of person that just doesn't actually have something you stand for, you're just jumping wherever you need to be to Mm -hmm. blow up, you know, and to get famous, I guess, for lack of better words. The message I would say is just to be somebody who genuinely cares and can stand stand for things and that's always going to be better than than just doing things for the trend yeah i i totally support that because i think when you get into the habit of being aware and spreading these messages for valid concern while they're away from you you'll be more prepared to you know have the means to get support when it's a little closer to your personal bubble yeah so Moving into 2020, I guess, now that it's a whole new year, like, and to put goals to it, like, what can we tangibly do and, like, keep track of that will improve us in in this kind of a way? You know, I I think my perspective has been changed a little bit on putting out posts and things on my story because I have definitely been one to look on those things in the past and mm-hmm. kind of be like, what is that really helping? You know, there's yeah. this this meme I saw a long time ago now, but it was like when there was that attack in France at like a concert or something. Yeah. And people were using those Facebook filters of like the Paris flag. 
and putting it over their like profile picture and someone had captured, they're like, look, I'm helping, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it had kind of been ridiculed. And I admit, I sort of fell into that. Like, it's not doing much. I've seen this six times today. What's the big deal? I didn't feel like adding my voice to it would really help. But, you know, something I have realized as I've used social media for longer is every single person has a slightly different uh, percentage and demographic of people who follow them and will see that. And if yeah. you can reach just one more person that's going to see that and be impacted to sh either share it themselves or take further action, you know, I think it can make more dis or more difference than we realize in the moment. So I guess I want to swallow my pride a little bit and <laughs> not be afraid to spread the word about these important issues that are going on in the world all around us. Absolutely. And I fall into that too. I mean, I haven't made any posts about anything like that. And I get caught in the uh, branding, <laughs> I guess, you know, where I'm just I like, I, I don't want to post anything out. Like in my head, I just think, oh, like I can't post anything that's not beatboxing or that's not <laughs> motivational speaking. Or you that's have an not, aesthetic, right? Yeah, Is exactly. But see, and that could be good or bad too. Like you'll, you could Google right now or YouTube right now, like how to grow a brand or how to grow an Instagram channel or anything like that. YouTube channel, Instagram account. And people are just going to tell you pick one thing <laughs> and <laughs> only post that one thing. And I'll admit I've struggled with that and I've not wanted to do that because I don't want to just beatbox, right? Like I've got a bunch of other stuff that I want to do, but it's really bad because it limits what you're willing to post. And I think these platforms should just be for us to post what, whatever we want to and really express who we are and the things that, that we believe in and engage with whatever we want to. And I, I'll admit I've fallen into that same kind of trap of not posting because it's not the same aesthetic as as everything else that I would post normally. Yeah. No, I, I think in this day and age, we all kind of agree that to some degree, social media is toxic, but it's a poison yeah. we still keep drinking because, yep. you know, it, it does provide for connections and a possibility to, you know, become like, make it a lucrative, like, Thing to pour your time into and to meet new people and no I, I totally agree with you though like I I felt like oh people are gonna think I'm just doing this for the likes or just doing this to join the trend kind of on the contrary you know yeah. I think some people are okay with that and some may be like me and like you know I, I don't want to do that I don't want it to be <laughs> cliche yeah and um, just as a society we worry too much about what other people think and that's not something that at 19 years old, I found the solution for. But, mm -hmm. you know, as people become sure of themselves, I think they can become more sure of what they're posting as well. Yeah, I agree. I think it's ultimately like a lot of people would not post those things because they're worried of what, of what people would think of them for posting. But also it's just... Yeah, I think that's the way the direction the podcast needs to go right now is just head head down, focus, zero in, put the blinders on, you know, do you, be you, post what you want to, engage with what you want to, 
share the messages that you feel are important, you know, and that's, that is what (laughs) matters ultimately. And if somebody judges you on that, then first of all, on social media, unless they hate comment, you know, you're never even going to know that they're judging. That's like a total mindset of you just telling yourself that people are judging, but maybe they're not, maybe they are, who cares? (laughs) Yeah. You're never going to know that. So just keep posting, keep grinding. Uh, and wow, this podcast has taken uh, a turn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because I I have I I'm shocked right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna write about it. I'm gonna put it in the description. I came into this interview negatively, almost. You know, <laughs> like I wanted to come in here and be like, look, sharing it means you don't care. Like that's not gonna actually change anything, you know. And now, <laughs> now I'm just like, <laughs> share whatever you want to. <laughs> Like be whoever you want to. Like everything completely shifted mid this interview. And I think it affected us in a way to where now we're going to actually act differently after this interview. Yeah. And I guess I'd hope that spreads to the listeners as well. You know, don't be ashamed to act when you feel empathetic to a cause because sometimes just letting people know can make a bigger impact than you'll ever expect. Yeah. And offline, off social media, just talk about it. Yeah. You know, like if you and I weren't talking right now, then I'd still be in the previous mindset. And so just talking about it with somebody completely off social media will help you as well. Exactly. I totally agree with that. So (laughs) I was going to go this direction before too, but now that we're in 2020, what kind of, what kind of advice do you have for people who are setting goals and wanting to stick to their stick to their guns keep doing the things that they really want to improve in i would say make your goals small in the beginning because you know it's something you see every year where everyone is super motivated in january and by february they're like eh is it worth it and by march they're like no it's not worth it and it just becomes another year that you sort of reflect on and you're like, you know, I do wish I went for that. We want to have those little victories. And if my my goal for the year was something like get a six-pack abs, you know, <laughs> that's not something yeah. that's probably going to happen within that first month. And I know that if that was my goal, I could definitely see myself getting discouraged as maybe I had points of gaining weight. Maybe I had points where I just decided to go to town on a box of crumble cookies, you know, (laughs) and I feel like sometimes that discouragement, at least for me, leads to like questioning of the goal itself. Like, what's the point? Why, why do I want that? I'm okay where I'm at. And I think by making these goals you're setting for the year a little bit more within your reach and building off of that, it's the principle of when you're running a race and you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to make it to that tree. And then you get to that tree and you're like, I can make it to that stop sign. And you get to that stop sign and you ultimately get to that finish line. And it just makes it so much better because it doesn't become, it's not so much drudgery as, you know, you're setting checkpoints along the way. That's what's helped me in the past, but. Yeah. Well, I think that's brilliant. And I just think too, it's important to remember that it doesn't have to be a goal you set on New Year's. And if you fail, so what, like pick it back up again. Or if you 
in March have a completely different goal, but you didn't start at the beginning of the year. Like, so what? Just start a new goal. You know, like I think goal setting should just be something that you continuously do. And I think it's largely because of what you just said in that example is like, sometimes you don't know the goals that will come to mind later, you know? And when you, when you get to the stop sign, you think you can get it to the tree, you know, like you're constantly progressing and setting goals. Definitely. Weirdly enough, I think that ties in so well with what we're talking about earlier. Like, (laughs) I feel like we hold ourselves so rigidly and we're like, no, this is our aesthetic. No, this is what I always talk about with my friends. You know, we we commit ourselves to that before we need to. The reality is every person on this world is capable of so much more than what they're doing right now. And I think the first step in that is becoming aware, realizing what you're capable of and making it more within your reach. And more along the lines of what makes you you and what you're passionate about. That's a that's a huge part of it too, I think, is and that ties into what we're we were talking about earlier too, just not doing things for the trend, you know, but just like this earth is filled with seven billion people or something like that. Is I mean it's probably even more now. Something like <laughs> Who that. Who knows? That was the last number I heard. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe TikTok will teach me more tonight. <laughs> There's more than seven billion. I don't know. But There's a ton of people on this planet and they are all individual, you know, different fingerprints, different attitudes, different minds, different passions. And if you're starting to pursue a path that's like totally not even you, then set goals to go toward what is you and what makes you happy. I love that. I'm trying to remember what exactly the quote was, but I guess I'd add in addition to the New Year's advice we've already kind of talked about. I heard somewhere you know, challenge yourself to do three things. Do something that's lucrative, do something you enjoy and something you want to improve. And um, if that makes it a little bit more approachable to set these goals for the year, you know, that's something I'm kind of working on myself too. Yeah. Those are awesome. I just wrote that down on my computer. Sorry if I like <laughs> looked like I was totally disengaging from the conversation, <laughs> no, but I was just like, making note of it and putting the timestamp too. Cause I'll probably... I'll probably focus on like making an Instagram post about about that or something. But one of my goals this year, and podcast listeners hold me accountable, you know, but one of my goals is to improve the community on other platforms like Instagram and Patreon and and make sure that I'm active on those platforms because I'm like, why isn't my Instagram growing? But I realize like I haven't posted to the upbeat Instagram in like three months. <laughs> you know? so, like, I gotta, it's a mystery. You got to actually do something, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. What inspires you to wake up and keep going and try your best every day? You know, getting back from college where I was incredibly busy every day and just knew the grades I wanted and things I wanted to achieve that semester to get back from that. And I I can still say it was a great experience, but I came back to Rexburg with like not a lot of motivation. I'm like, well, what are my goals at this point? And I guess for the listeners, there is something big and looming I should acknowledge that being that at the end of this month, I'm actually headed on a ecclesiastical mission for my church and I'm headed over to Cusco, Peru for 18 months. And I hope it's not hypocritical that I probably won't be posting anything during that time. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Totally excusable. <laughs> um, 
I think it kind of comes back to what I was saying about New Year's. Like I had this big daunting goal on my shoulders. Like I want to be as ready as I can be for that. I want to give the next 18 months of my life all that I've got, but I'm sitting on my bed with one plan for the week that's like going sledding with my family. And um, I kind of let it overwhelm me. And the way I got myself off the couch was to be like, you know, this doesn't need to be as scary. If I break this up, I want to be better at the language and I want to be more physically able to handle the physical strain of it. And I want to be more spiritually ready. And by breaking that up and setting little things along the way, it became a lot more reachable. And today I can proudly say I've gotten up off the couch and I'm feeling a lot more ready than I was a couple of weeks ago. So That's awesome. That's super inspiring. <laughs> how, is, how is your reaction and your family's reaction when you opened the, the news that you were going to go to Peru? It was incredible. For those who aren't familiar, when you submit all your paperwork to go on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, <laughs> I, you know, you give all your health information, not in like a invasive way, but you give a gist of your interests, kind of any conditions you have, you do some checkups, you interview with your bishop and your stake president, and you submit that paperwork knowing full well that you could get called anywhere in the world. There's 400 missions to date. And I definitely was a little intimidated by that. You know, I could go to Cambodia or I could go to Boise, Idaho, you know? <laughs> yeah. And what's so funny is leading up to this, I had like convinced myself. I'm like, I went to Cambodia this summer. I like Asian food. Like I'm probably going to go to Asia or I'll go stateside because I don't know. I enjoy being in the States. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even have yeah. a reason for it because that's just kind of what I thought. And yet when I open this call and I find out I'm going not to Asia, not to the United States, and that I'm going to South America to Cusco, Peru, and it wasn't a place I'd ever considered in my life, yet it just seemed like so familiar and so like right, you know, and yeah. I'm just super excited, nervous, but I know that it'll be an incredible experience. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited for you. Uh, and that you sharing that experience like reminds me of when I opened my envelope. Because do you get them on like an email or how do you get them now? Email, yeah. Yeah. So, so it used to be a big fatty envelope that shows up at your door, right? <laughs> and I was holding that thing for like two hours like to wait for people to show up to my house so they could be there for me when I open it. And my mom was like in tears like in fear, just like not wanting me to leave the country. <laughs> right? Oh no. <laughs> and I opened it and it said Oregon. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm only going to state away, you know? And my mom just burst into tears like of gratitude. <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget the very first Sounds thing. Sounds like she, an emotional day for her. Right. Well, and she, I'll never forget. She, she gave me this huge hug and she's like, you're going to have a Walmart. <laughs> Dang, way to flex on me, Parker. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, I'll be able to send you mail and packages like really quickly. You'll have a store. You're going to be okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I would have been okay either way. You know, yeah. anywhere I go is fine. But 
um she she was yeah wanting me to be in the states and i think i went to oregon because god answered her prayers yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh the two years though a phenomenal experience and it's it's the weirdest thing because when i went out there for my mission it felt right like what you had just mentioned you know I got out there, it felt right. It was a good experience. I learned so many lessons, you know? And then when I came home from my mission, every time I've gone back to Oregon since then, it's just felt different. Like, it just feels like I'm going to a new, going to Oregon, going to see people, going to whatever. But it's almost like that two year gap of when it was the perfect place for me to be has closed now. Interesting. Which, yeah, I mean, it's different for all kinds of people. Like they go back to their missions and feel right back at home, you know. But for me, like Oregon almost feels foreign to me now. But at the time, it w- I knew it was where I needed to be. Oh, that, but, that's really cool. I, I actually had a moment like that. So I used to live in a small Idaho town called Preston, Idaho. Where Na- Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> How often do people tell you that or bring that up? Uh, every time because <laughs> to the viewers, the only reason you've heard of Preston, Idaho is if you've seen that movie, let's be honest. <laughs> um, and it it was a great experience. You know, I learned a lot during those years. I made some great friends. But um, when we left to Rexburg, I made that my new home and going back, you know, I remembered things, but it it's not the same. You know, our life is constantly progressing. And even if we go back in some ways, like physically, it's honestly can be a great experience for us to realize how much we've grown since our last time being there. Yeah. I was thinking that in regards to to the new year, that's coming up a lot in this episode, but... (laughs) Hey, it's January. Be weird if it was like March, so we're okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm still in January, guys. Uh, No, it's... uh, the term or the phrase closing the chapter came up a lot, closing the chapter on 2019 and opening a new chapter with 2020. And I view it kind of that way too. Like if we were to live all the way through 2020 and then be like, Hey, I want to go back and look at 2019. We'd be probably really just kind of like, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) things are better now. Like I I've improved, I've learned, I've, I've gained, even if you feel like you've done nothing all through 2020 at that point, you know, you still have lived a whole year more than you had previously. Definitely. And and going back to 2019 would feel weird, right? Kind of the same thing location-wise, maybe. Like, I lived in Oregon uh, for two years, loved it, felt right. Now, when I go back to Oregon, I'm kind of, eh. yeah. <laughs> you know, like I've lived many years past this now, so sure. kind of weird. I would challenge the listeners, if you need like a little ego boost, like as you're pursuing your goals this year, look back at like pictures of you from like sixth <laughs> grade. And I think generally speaking, you'll probably feel a good deal better. <laughs> at least yeah. I do. Um, I'm not going to paint that picture for you guys, but I I can celebrate the fact I've at least moved up from then. <laughs> yeah. My mom and I just experienced that uh, with the new year. She, there was those posts like the, of the decade, you know, like what you looked like 10 years ago and what you look like now. And I was on the phone when my mom was making her Facebook post <laughs> and she pulled out the picture. She was like, 
uh, and she's like, I've got to send this to you. And she was like sending to my phone all these pictures of her 10 years ago. She's like, I look so much better now. I love it. <laughs> and honestly, like that's, yeah, I think you, you hit that one on the head. Like that's, that's exactly probably how it is for most of us. You know, we almost tend to look better as we get older as well. Yeah, it's true. Well, that's pretty much all I have for the episode. I think to kind of recap, you know, it's a new year, set smaller goals, more attainable goals and build on them, you know, but also be the person who cares more uh, and doesn't just do things for the trend or for the fact that it's a popular thing right now. Uh, and to not put yourself in a box of doing things a certain way because you feel like people are judging you. Is that yeah. a pretty good recap? Oh, yeah. I, don't know. I like what, it. What are, what are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, no, I, I think you hit that one on the head. Just be aware of what's going on, but be prepared to focus on the little things and what you can do in the world around you, too. Awesome. Well, with that, I'll close it out uh, just by sending my love and the upbeat listeners love with you to uh, Peru because you're leaving pretty quickly, <laughs> aren't you? Uh, January 30th. Yeah. So I probably will be off the grid by the time this episode comes out. So <laughs> yeah, or sorry to any listeners that want to be on my mailing list. <laughs> Send me a pigeon. <laughs> right. Well, and I'm going to try to rush it out there, but um, I also checked before this interview and I don't have any listeners in Peru. So Oh, man. <laughs> You could always share the gospel with them oh. and the Upbeat podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, we'll, we'll put like a little business card in the <laughs> scriptures I'm passing out down there. Check out Upbeat with Parker K, guys. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean, the podcast has listeners in like 22 countries or something like that. Might be more than that now. That's but, awesome. But we could add Peru to the to the list, you know, and I don't know. That's That's crazy. But we'll have to do a podcast episode when you're back. Yeah. Because we'll look back on today and go, huh? <laughs> you know? <laughs> no. Oh, and definitely. We will have learned so much, especially you going on that that experience. So I guess kind of what are your thoughts leading into going to Peru pretty quickly? I have realized at this point in my life that I'm naive and dumb and unmotivated <laughs> in in many ways, you know, and not to be self-deprecated. Like I <laughs> I recognize my improvements and stuff, but I'm excited for this experience that's really going to push me into something that I've never been in. I've never been to South America, you know, yeah. I've never been in the strict schedule regiment that is uh, put upon you by the mission guidelines. And um, I'm just I'm so excited to have this experience to become more dedicated as a person and a harder worker and become patient with some of the circumstances I'll be surrounded with that I can't control and, you know, realize that I can do hard things and so can anyone listening to this. Yeah. You're going to fall in love with the people. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm excited. And know exactly what you want to study food. when you get back. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, but I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping I'll get like a beacon of light on my mission that's like, you're going to be a doctor, but <laughs> I, I'm not so banking on that. We'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Yeah. It's crazy what missions will do. You'll go out there with, with some intentions and stuff and you'll pretty quickly, I think, get those. And then all of a sudden it becomes something you never 
even would have thought of before going, you know? Yeah, for sure. Just crazy. Well, anyway, thank you, Emily, for being on the podcast again. And we'll have to do another one when you're back. And for sure. I'm excited to, to post this one. Let's plan it. This time I'll be there and I won't like call you from Target and let you know I can't make it. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, last time I reserved a room, like at, that That was at the college campus or whatever, that it all just kind of... The whole thing about improving, I, I meant it. <laughs> I was here today for the listeners. Awesome. And this time I failed a little bit because we're in a super echoey room. <laughs> I just got home from work late and like, okay, I'm going to quickly set up the stuff and let's go. <laughs> yeah. It worked but, out. This was super cool. My eyes have been opened. Awesome. Me too. Can't wait to, to apply those things. Phenomenal opportunity to sit down and chat with Emily Curtis before she leaves to Peru for a year and a half, which is crazy. But thank you, Emily, for spending some time with us before you leave and for sharing some powerful insights with us. We really appreciate it. And we wish you all the best on your mission. You're going to be an amazing missionary. And to everyone listening, thank you for listening in and being here. You guys are absolutely amazing. And I hope you have a really good week. I'll see you next week. <laughs>